Welcome to the Big Dog Crypto Podcast. This is your number one crypto podcast to hear directly from the movers and shakers, innovators and disruptors in the cryptocurrency industry. Follow on Twitter for updates and to communicate directly at Wolf Big Dog. That's at Wolf Big D-A-W-G. Now, now, here is your host, the one and only Big Dog Crypto. And welcome to the latest episode of the Big Dog Crypto Podcast. I am your host, Big Dog Crypto. Hosty, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Doing good. Now, actually, before I said, was it Hosty or Posty XPT? Because I, I see that coming across my Twitter feed. And um, how do you describe that, that, you know, the name you came up with in your, your Twitter account? Um, I mean, to be honest, the original name on the account was actually Crypt Malone. And some of the OGs out there might remember that. Um, but yeah, it was uh, a little bit of a rebrand later on, but it all come around like Post Malone. He was my uh, favorite artist at the time, still is one of my favorite artists. And um, yeah, it, it just, um, I seen so many different accounts, just dogs and cats and musicians and so much random stuff going on. That I thought, well, this definitely doesn't seem like it'll be, uh, be out of place. Nice, nice. Well, man, I, like I followed you on, on, on Twitter for a while, crypto Twitter, as we call it, and I've really enjoyed your account. So I appreciate you being on the 35th episode. Uh, you know, this is a big deal to finally have you on. Um, no, thanks I, for having me. I, I actually, sorry, I was just going to say that um, I actually really appreciate you uh, having me on here and um, it's been a long time coming. Well, I appreciate it, brother. Appreciate it. Well, let, let's get right into it. So um, talk about a week to have you on, man. I, you know, my dad called me. He goes, son. I saw crypto, I went bankrupt. I'm like, that crypto didn't go bankrupt and exchanged it. And then, you know, and I feel like even in the space of the wild, I have to, nothing really should surprise us anymore. Now you see Sam is going, get an award or speaking at an event. What in the hell is going on? What the hell is that? Like, I think it. You know, there's uh, many, many theories out there and um, some people will call them conspiracy theories, but I really don't think they're doing a very good job of hiding it at this point. Um, it, it just, it's unbelievable to me that this guy isn't, you know, at least in handcuffs at this point. Um, you know, and it just speaks volumes about the power in the, within the family. Uh, I, I just don't understand how he's getting away with this stuff. You know what? You're right. It does. And I'm one of those, like, I'm not always, you know, you, you sit around with your friends sometimes and they got the different, like, you know, conspiracy theories. I'm not always about that, but all I know is that Bernie Madoff was, you know, in cuffs after a couple of weeks, Sam's going to be having, you know, champagne and, and then there was something about there might be some billions coming to FDX, but you know, there's a whole bunch there. I, I guess the bigger question, because we could joke about this and whatnot, and of course, never fun yeah. or cool when people lost money. I don't mean that. I mean, we could joke about the absurdity, right, of what's happened. The bigger question, bigger concern is you've been in the space, you've watched it mature. How much do you feel this has set it back? Or in, in a second part to that question is what will it take to get things where, you know what I'm saying, like this debacle, as bad as it's been, can go forward and we can start growing yeah. I think for me personally, maybe I'm being a little bit optimistic here, but the way I see the situation in a lot of respects is there is a lot of short-term pain here, but then potentially a lot of long-term game. And I hope it works out that way. And the reason I say that is because since this has unfolded, we've seen you know people like CZ over at Binance talk about transparency and uh, actually sharing a lot more data than what they probably ever would have unless an event like this actually occurred. So I'm hoping that in the long term, a lot of good does come from this. Um, it seems like we're heading that way, although obviously whilst you know emotions are raw and people are upset, 
people have lost money. They may not see it exactly like that at this point, but hopefully, you know, three, six, 12 months, we can look back at this and be like, you know what, as shit as it was at the time, um, we're moving forward now eventually. So to add to that, when you look at institutions and then putting big, big money into the space, um, you know, I, I feel like a lot of people in the space on one hand, oh, we don't want that to happen. On the flip side, people want to see a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand Bitcoin, right? And that's not going to happen until you have institutional money. Um, what do you think? And like, to me, like that's one of the, whether it's right or wrong, like it is what it is, right? They're not going to put in tons of yeah. money unless they have some sort of regulation. Um, and to what extent regulation, we don't know exactly. But um, what do you think? If you're an institution, right, if you're looking at it, what do you think they want to see at this point, like in a minimum? And again, when we come back to conspiracy theories, it, it makes you wonder how many of these guys knew that something like this was was on the cards or going to happen in the in the near future. Um, but I think, to be honest, like, this is a huge push for regulation. You know, it's given them a lot of ammunition here to work with. Um, you know, it's a shame because we've always talked about, like, you know, not your keys, not your coins and hardware wallets and, you know, you being your own bank. But the more we see stuff like this, the the more pessimistic I actually become of us being able to somewhat fill out Satoshi's vision, right? You know, it's becoming um, less and less likely. But, you know, there's an argument there that as the, the, uh, the space matures, as institutions and bigger players get involved, this was likely going to be inevitable. See, and, and that's kind of honestly what concerns me because I think everybody in this space, you know, we look at at the whole point of, you know, having control over your funds, being able to send it, uh, you know, everything being transparent and, and the independence from the financial system. And it's kind of like that, that I don't want to say love-hate thing, but on one hand, we don't want that control on the flip side. People look, people look at prices of their coins, right? At the end of the day, they want to see the price go up. And, yep. you know, I, I told somebody that I said, let's just say there was three more things like this, right? If Bitcoin went to five or 10 or whatever, you know. I see institutions jumping in and buying. I mean, it seems like through these events and as we grow, we're getting to a point where institutions are going to wind up owning a lot of the Bitcoin, which was not the original intended purpose. But, you know, they don't like the idea of the small person, right, of the person sitting, you know, in their room creating something huge. I mean, they're going to want to have their paws on more of that. So it's, you know, it just seems like this almost, I don't say plays into the narrative, but you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like we're getting in that direction where they're getting, they're getting many opportunities to accumulate cheap. Yeah, absolutely. And I think this kind of relates to what people have said in terms of like, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity in terms of like making wealth, generational wealth. And the reason for that is because it was only going to be a matter of time before the big players and the institutions started to get involved. And, you know, we're starting to see that creep in now. And, you know, obviously not everybody's fortunate enough to say that, you know, they jumped in in 2011, 2013. But, you know, we've had for myself anyway, and, and probably yourself as well, you know, we've had a, a decent opportunity to to make something of this. And I don't think it means that this completely goes away. Uh, crypto dies, nothing like that. That is not the what I'm getting at in terms of this um, huge opportunity disappearing as such, but it is going to start to slow down. The market's going to mature. Um, and then, you know, then life's changing cycles as such are, are going to eventually uh, become less and less. Well, you know, it's interesting you say that because that kind of leads me into the next question. Um, and I told you, you know, I said, before we talked, I said, look, I really, you know, as I'm grateful, everybody listens to the podcast. I said, but especially people that are new in the markets that are trying to learn about stuff. Um, I really want to try and give them some advice or suggestions, right? I mean, not financial advice, but you know what I'm saying? Like just some ideas that maybe that yeah. 
people didn't give us back in the day. And, you know, on your Twitter, uh, you have an article at the top, which is excellent, uh, that talks about how to thrive during the bear market. You've got five tips for your own experiences, right, back in 2018. Yep. So I guess I'd ask, can you kind of summarize that article or give some points of that article that will help? Because there are, like I said, there's a, there's a fair amount of new people listening to this and watching this. And, you know, what would you suggest to them that, look, they've only been in a few months. All they've seen is bear. Uh, and maybe they bought right last November and they're down 90% of their alts or whatnot. What would you suggest to them? Yeah, I think for me, because I actually joined the space in early 2018. So when people were offloading their altcoin bags after Bitcoin topped in December, I was the guy buying them bags. Yeah. <laughs> Not with much capital, I must admit, like, I started very small. I was very, very cautious about the space, which actually worked out in my favor um, out of complete coincidence, just because of where we was in a cycle, you know, without me even realizing it. So I think this is a very relatable article for me, just because it was at a very similar stage last time around um, where I actually started my journey. So I just kind of looked back and evaluated like what I could have done better, what went wrong, um, and then took a few of them lessons and just to tr tried to make it into an easy-to-read condensed article. And, um, you know, some of the points in there I'm still even using, obviously, now today in this cycle, and that's a big part of, like, why I want people to learn from my mistakes rather than from their own. And that's great, man. I mean, that's great because I feel like in this space when I, you know, I was back in, in 17 and, and 18 and, you know, yeah. you, you didn't, you didn't really know where to go for the right, I don't want to say advice, but suggestions. And I feel like there's just, there's so much crap out there, but there's so many good, like I've said, you know, I liked your account. I mean, your account has been awesome. And there's a few like you that I will follow that have been really, really good, but there's a lot of crap out there. So if people are in the space and they're new, what would you advise them, whether it's Twitter, YouTube, you know, whatever, maybe what would you say is the best way or some good ways, right, for new people to learn about the space and particularly, you know, what could and couldn't happen type thing going forward? Yeah, I think what makes this so difficult is because there is no right or wrong in a lot of situations here in crypto. You know, there's no right way to buy. There's no wrong way to, to sell. You know, whether you're a trader, you're an investor, I think that's the first thing everybody has to figure out. You know, are they actually here to, to scalp, to day trade, to swing trade, to invest long term? Um, it doesn't have to be just one as well, of course, but you know, you've got to figure out at least like what's your strategy. And then when it comes to content, learning, educating, you know, there's always a few resources that I uh, push people towards depending on what they're looking for. Um, but a lot of it is just figuring it out. I mean, personally for myself, I always use Twitter and then more recently found myself in YouTube, but I'm talking just as one kind of example, when I was learning technical analysis myself, crypto cred. Um, a, a amazing resource there for people to actually learn and, and get moving on their journey in trading. So, you know, it, it's very, very difficult, especially now because there's so much money involved in the, in the marketing side of things that a lot of people um, are actually just taking advantage of that. And we've seen them huge engagement tweets and the, the ridiculous price targets more often in the bull market than the bear market. But you've really just got to you know, quickly adapt to the situation and learn to cut out the noise. I, I agree with you on that. And I, I, you know, speaking of, we talk about Twitter and stuff, and I always ask my guests at the end of the program to give your Twitter handle whatnot. So I'm going to do something I've never done before uh, and give it out now. <laughs> Look at what your tweets are. Like, <laughs> so, so, I'm asking for the end too, but that, that's P-O-S-T-Y-X-B-T. Follow this man on Twitter. Um, but you have something about connections made through crypto and specifically this app are pretty surreal. And I've got to tell you, it's, it's interesting because 
uh, last October, I've been fortunate, like a lot of people in crypto to, you know, get behind the computer, behind the phone and meet people, whether it was at Bitcoin in Miami or up in Toronto or whatnot. Yep. And, you know, I'm from the States. Dubai was an area that I've heard of. I don't know anything about it. Last October, after being a dog on Twitter, next thing you know, I'm sitting, you know, <laughs> in front of Dubai. <laughs> so I went up there, stayed at the, the, uh, the Creek Harbor area. And, you know, it was interesting because, because I didn't realize this. And, and I guess I want to ask you specifically about your opinion of Dubai. It was very interesting because I'm there. Next thing you know, like market makers there and then you know, like from some of the exchanges, meeting with them and then, you know, going to the conference and some after parties and stuff. And it was just amazing how many crypto people are in Dubai. So I yep. loved it. It's one of my favorite cities. I've told anybody, if you've never been to Dubai, go have a blast. You'll love it. Um, you're in Dubai, right? Is that I'm correct? Um, tell me your thoughts on it. That's right. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the main reasons why I'm actually here right now. So I'm here for, I've been here for three weeks. I've got another three weeks. I'll uh, head home to the UK for uh, for Christmas, the holidays, and then I'll probably come back early next year. Um, the other part of that is to get away from the awful British weather during the winter. <laughs> There's no denying that. But, you know, a huge part, like you said, is just the network, especially obviously in the crypto industry over here. Um, you know, I actually come over originally um, last year for Crypto Fight Night, met with so many people on the space, so many so many people that I've actually been communicating with on Twitter for so long and actually been able to put a face to a name. Yeah. Um, and not just from that perspective, you know, like you said, speaking to exchanges, market makers, all these different people, people that you didn't actually know exist, um, you know, and you actually, you know, expand that network so much just being here and just putting yourself in the right circles, uh, just putting yourself out there, really. You know, you don't have to have a following to be involved in these conversations. You know, there was tickets on sales to the public, to the crypto fight night. You never know where that one conversation could lead you. But um, I actually just come back from a call probably about an hour probably one hour, 30 uh, minutes ago um, from somebody who I actually met a couple of weeks back and we said we'd catch up and get a coffee. So, you know, it's cool. And I think it's interesting because the app has, has enabled people to meet up in real time quickly and stuff. And just, it's just cool. And so, and, and it's, it's always interesting when you meet people uh, for crypto, crypto Twitter in real life, because it's, you have that, you have that kind of like that bond to be able to talk about crypto stuff. Unlike, as I always say, most people in our lives, right? 95% of people don't follow crypto like people in crypto do. So it's just, it's an interesting uh, sort of way to be able to do that. Um, but let me accept this. So let me ask you this now. How did you originally get into crypto? And do you remember the first time you ever heard of Bitcoin, what you were doing and where you were? Yeah, so I, I think the, the very first time that I heard of Bitcoin, I was actually, I was still in school, which was, uh, well, in, in, in college, and that was probably around 2013, but it was nothing more than, you know, some, some scam online that people used to, to buy drugs and, and other stuff like that. So it was completely dismissed until around four years later, it come back on the radar early 2017, still really skeptical, you know, is I'm traditionally like, from like a young age, very careful with money. Now I'm probably more on the degenerate side now um, after a little bit of time in crypto. Um, but, you know, and then I kind of dismissed it for a long time. And I was like, no, I'm going to look at stocks because stocks are safer and stocks, you know, isn't this big Ponzi scheme. And I probably studied uh, a lot of YouTube material on the stock market for around six months. And then eventually at Christmas time of 2017, Going into the new year, I was like, okay, you know, one of the quote unquote new year's resolutions is going to be to actually 
get my feet wet in crypto. Of course, that was um, a, a terrible call <laughs> and uh, it didn't re- result in me making any money for a, for a very long time. Um, but, you know, in a, in a lot of ways, I don't regret that because it helped me learn. Uh, it grounded me. I could have very easily just walked away and continued to call it a scam. But, you know, I doubled down, was spending every uh, bus ride to work, uh, reading, uh, listening to podcasts, just to educate myself on the space. And when you're trying to learn about so many different things at first, whether it be, um, you know, price action trading, whether it be mining, there's so many different areas of crypto that it was just a minefield. And eventually, you know, after around six months of just continuous learning, I actually started to think, oh, okay, this is all starting to click. It's all starting to make sense. Even though for such a long time, it felt like it was never going to uh, never gonna sit right with me. Well, when you look at where the industry is now, right, the whole space is now. Um, and you know, I feel like last, I guess it was last falls where you really had, you know, you had a lot of family and friends that would never ask about crypto. They did a little bit before, but it was all over the news right now. It's, oh my gosh, it's a scam, it's dying, all this stuff. Um, where would you want to see, and, and this is kind of a general question, right? But three to five years, what would you like to see in the industry? What's one or two things that would be like, it would be cool if this finally happened? Uh, price to be much higher, that's for sure. <laughs> um, yeah. But no, I, I, I think it, one of the, especially now after what's happened over the last couple of weeks, one of the main things is for us to actually be able to look back at this whole FTX situation and it just be, you know, a, a blip, you know, okay. and just a, a small bump in the road. Um, and we'll be able to actually like look back and see it as like a, I guess the nearest thing to me that I can think of, even though I wasn't around then from doing, you know, a bit of research was like the whole Mount Gox situation. And um, I'd like to think that, you know, we can just look back at it and be like, okay, that was a, a really tough learning curve for many people, but you know it, it it helps us move forward. And like I said earlier, it was a lot of short term pain, but in the long term, we we benefit from that, and we see a lot more transparency come. And um, hopefully, fingers crossed, we don't see something like that uh, happen again. I mean, let's absolutely hope not. Um, what about what about this thought for raising money? Let's say he's got the sex tape, but you pay a dollar not to see it and raise his money that way to relaunch FTX. Would you be okay with that? Uh, I think for the sake of our own eyes, I'm, I'm going to have to say, yeah, like it's just going to have to happen. Um, I hope nobody uses FTX. <laughs> yeah, we, we we can't see that stuff, man. That's, uh, that's, that's the worst of the worst. And, and this is the problem. Look at all seriousness. Let's just say somebody yeah. right, gives him a few billion to restart it. I'm not going to put a nickel on FTX. Hell no. Like, I can't imagine. Is anybody? No, is what, anybody? Like, well, look, we know the space. I'm sure somebody out there will all put some money on I mean, I just, no, but overall, is. The trust that he screwed up with people, it's just like, it's been, and we've seen a lot of stuff in this space bad. I put this as one of the top bad events. I mean, I, you know, can't think of almost at this point anything worse. We talk about Mount Gox, but that was years ago, and most people aren't familiar with that in the space now. I mean, this thing had, you know, if your grandmother was sitting in Iowa on the TV, all she saw was crypto bankrupt. <laughs> Life gift. It just sucks. But I don't know. I, I guess I mean, the, the only way I can personally see some, getting a not a second chance but reviving himself in crypto is either going to be working behind the scenes and putting somebody else's face to an exchange or some kind of project venture whatever he ends up doing uh or just you know all of a sudden you see this um exchange blow up or maybe a decentralized exchange of some sort i don't know with an anonymous founder um and all of a sudden it's sam you know that that's the only ways i can possibly think of him 
you know, getting a lifeline in the space. Apart from that, you know, there's absolutely no chance that anybody would put, like you said, a, a single penny into an exchange of his, never mind FTX. Yeah, no, I, there's no, I, I agree with you on that. Um, so one other thing on, on with crypto, with alt season, you know, people always like to ask when alt season and we have our, our main alt seasons, right? We look at the end of 2017 or whatnot and the ones that have been smaller ones. Do you want, and of course, I, I think a lot of people felt like this November, right? Things were gearing up pretty good and then boom, the FTX, uh, yeah. right? Uh, do you want to, well, I'll say one thing thank you. I'm a little surprised that Bitcoin has stayed, like right now it's at 16, 16, five. And, you know, damn well, a few years ago, this would have sent it like down 80%. You know, it really, it was at about 21. The fact that after all this BS in the past two weeks, it's only down 16.5, I think it's been pretty, it, it says a lot about, you know, people holding, right? Or fine. Yep. Um, do you want to guess when next all season or at any time frame? It's really funny because uh, the, the, the actual phrase itself, alt season, is something that I actually kind of forgot about over these last couple of months. I've seen a lot of talk of bear market rallies. Right. You know, essentially the same thing, I guess. Um, but yeah, all season, um, probably something I've not heard too much about in, in 2022. Um, but the way I see it now is obviously we've got that correlation between like a Bitcoin pumps and it, it also drags the altcoins with it. And we've seen a lot of that throughout the year. And uh, we've also seen that obviously correlate to stocks and the S&P 500 as well. CPI data, all this kind of stuff that, you know, even for myself is relatively new to me um, because Back in 2018, we wasn't looking at inflation. We wasn't looking at uh, FOMC, you know, all this kind of stuff that we actually take into consideration now um, just wasn't even on the radar for me personally, at least. Um, so, you know, it's a, definitely a completely different space, but I do feel like, you know, we we could, now that Bitcoin, you know, at least for the time being, the, the news around FTX has settled down, um, things are starting to stabilize again. I think that we could see, you know, a decent rally over these next couple of months, to be honest. Um, not to say that the bear market is over, you know, I, I personally think that this is, uh, especially for 2023, it's going to be a lot of pain, but not necessarily just going down, but a lot of sideways action that's just going to fall people to hell and people are going to need to, you know, as the macro environment gets worse and worse, I feel like people are going to need that spare cash, need that money to, to pay bills, to pay mortgages, whatever it may be. And that spare cash is sat in crypto, which is stable and doing nothing. So I'm wary of that scenario as well. But not to say that we won't get the rallies from time to time and there won't be opportunities to to make money. Um, I think the, the thing for me, at least personally, is that when these opportunities do come, you know, I'll be playing level to level and I'll be making sure that I'm taking profit on a regular basis. That, that is the word. And that is the way that I think, you know, a lot of people don't think about that. And, you know, mm -hmm. times can be a bear market and suddenly they go, boom, oh, and then, you know, people will forget. So that's always the best thing. Like, yeah, I'll remind them, let them know what, um, but yeah, it's, it's, I can agree with you on that. Well, you know, look, looking at the markets now, I mean, it's, it's going to be an interesting year coming up. Uh, that's for sure. Uh, any predictions for 2023? I, let's, I mean, like, let's say Bitcoin. I always like to ask price prediction. You, you and I both know it's, it's such a speculative, right? But it's always fun to kind of, you know, make the prediction and any, yeah. what we could see in 2023. Uh, I'll stick to what I just said in terms of a, a lot of sideways price action. Um, if I'm being, you know, a, a little bit boring, a little bit pessimistic, I do think that, you know, we could see it, this range continue. I think we could pump still. I think, you know, we could go as high as maybe like 30K throughout the year at some point. Um, but I, I really don't see us going much higher than than that until 2024. Um, see. So you got the happening coming up. No, I think you'd be very realistic on that. It's just, you know, it's good to see it stay in this range, at least that not go lower, at least for that. 
Okay, well, brother, look, a couple other things, and we'll wrap this up. I know you got other stuff to do, too. Uh, what's your, your favorite food? When you're going out to eat, what do you like to eat? I'm a big fan of Indian food myself. Yeah, don't have it too often because uh, it's, um, you know, not the best in terms of health, but uh, yeah, I do love a good Indian. Okay, and uh, and countries, if you got a plane right now, you're jumping on, you're going on vacation, what's uh, a place or two that you go to in a heartbeat? I mean, I'm already in one of them, um, so I can't complain too much. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, no, I, I really do. What was that, sorry? No, what would you say, like, oh, what, what, like, what's a country, like, what's one of your favorite countries to go to? I mean, I've not actually been to this one, but I really want to go to the to the Maldives just to to have a chill out and really relax and, and maybe put put the phone down for a solid week. That'd be really nice. Yeah. Um, but for me, the Caribbean, going over to um, some of the islands is uh, one of the best places that I've been to. Nice, nice. Okay, and so uh, people want to reach out to you on Twitter. How do they find you? And what is the best way to get in touch with you? Yeah, so on Twitter, as you said earlier, it's uh, PostyXBT, P-O-S-T-Y-X-B-T. Uh, the DMs are open. You know, I'm more than happy to chat with people. I've been trying to help as many people as well throughout this whole FTX scenario. So if you're feeling down, if you need any help, I'm more than happy to do what I can. But please don't ask me for money. That's not how this thing works. Um, but yeah, as well, on Telegram, same handle. So I'm more than uh, happy to, for people to reach out there. Hey, Posty, I appreciate you coming on the latest episode of the Big Dog Crypto Podcast. Thanks for taking the time. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. You've been listening to the Big Dog Crypto Podcast. Follow on Twitter at WoofBigDog. Woof, big D-A-W-G. And run faster than the competition. Woof, woof.